As women in leadership, we often face moments of struggle, feeling torn between our natural empathetic side and the push to develop a backbone. We struggle with our integrity and how to show up as our authentic selves in both our personal and professional lives. Aspects of our lives may not match who we know ourselves to be, and we struggle with extra stress, anxiety, and the never-ending quest to find balance. This is the Intuitive Women's Leadership Podcast, the show designed to help empathetic, high-achieving women lead with their intuition and zone of genius. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley. I'm a wife, mom, and stepmom to four boys and a furball, a natural-born leader, and a serial entrepreneur. In the first part of my career as a businesswoman, I built a seven-figure chiropractic practice with a small team as a single mom with a child under five. I followed all the supposed to's and ended up building a self-imposed prison that led to major burnout. I made many mistakes. I wasn't connected to my actual genius or any of my needs and struggled to learn hard lessons of leadership that left me feeling disempowered and walked all over. Today, I help other high-achieving women avoid creating their own self-imposed prison and grow as a leader in a way that leaves them energized and free to be themselves in all aspects of life. This is the show where we examine the parts of being a female leader that we don't always talk about, learn how to reconnect to ourselves to strengthen our intuition, and to tap into our zone of genius so that our leadership at work and at home feels natural and energizing. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to the show. I am super excited for today's conversation. I am joined by Suzanne Monroe, who is going to be a lady after all of our listeners' hearts, I think. She was working a high-pressure job that didn't align with her personal beliefs, where the corporate culture was to sleep under your desk instead of going home to rest and recharge. That led to her experience in career burnout. Simultaneously, a close loved one was diagnosed with a health crisis, and every doctor told them there was nothing traditional medicine could do to help. And this is where her holistic health journey began. She then poured herself into researching, reading, and ultimately helping her loved one turn the corner towards healing, sparking her passion for wellness and inspiring her to leave corporate America and traditional healthcare behind her. Suzanne is the formerly burnt out corporate America employee, is now doing what she loves as the founder of the International Association of Wellness Professionals, the director of, they go by IAWP, um, Holistic Wellness Coach Certification and Training Program, and author. He aims to help people awaken, reawaken their purpose and find a career they love, as well as live a healthy and happy lifestyle. So, Suzanne, welcome to the show. I know you've got some more stuff there, but we'll start there. Hey. Well, that that's good. Thank you for that warm introduction. Thanks for having me on the show, Dr. Alex. Super excited just to be here with you and your listeners. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I'm really excited to dive into this. You know, I've been talking more and it's been coming up with more with, with my clients of just like there's this unsatisfaction in corporate America. And I think we're willing to start talking about it because so much is uh, leading towards burnout. And really, you know, I, I focus a lot on the hormonal side of that and what that looks like. So I would love just for listeners <laughs> to have the inspiration to hear your story. Cause I know in like 2021, I think it's a million women left, left corporate America. And I thought was just in America um, and it happened all over the world. And so there's like this thing. So let's talk about the thing and how you went through the thing. And then we'll, we'll see where we go. Yeah. And I love that stat. I hadn't heard that one specifically on women. I have uh, 4.5 million people in one month alone of March last year left. So that was okay. kind of during the whole great resignation, but I love how you're just zeroing yeah. in on women because I think women specifically are really trying to find this balance, right? We're kind of leading the change that's about to come, but you know, my career burnouts 
story started uh, almost two decades ago. Well, actually, let me go back a little further. It kind of started from a very young age when I was a little girl because I was always asking the proverbial question, you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? And of course, people were always asking me that. And you know what? I really never had the answer. And even as I moved into, you know, um, young adult, adolescent, you know, as I went to college, I still really didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And so I basically followed a formula in life. And the formula was the formula that was passed down to me from my parents, which was you go to a good school, you get good grades, and you get a good job. And you stay in that good job. And that's, you know, success. And so I really followed that track uh, only to land myself in my first job, which you mentioned in my bio, which is where I uh, was working for this really fast paced, uh, very stressful environment in a consulting firm in downtown Chicago. And one of the first days on the job, I saw my coworkers sleeping under their desk. And I was like, okay, this is my first job out there in the world. So I'm like, maybe this is normal, you know? I don't know. Until a little while later that I saw my boss uh, walking around in his pajamas one morning. He had spent the night at the office and he was carrying his toothbrush and going to the bathroom. So that was kind of mortifying. And I started to realize, okay, this is the company culture, but it became the expectation. So all of a sudden I was thrown into working these really, really long hours. I never actually spent the night under my desk. Uh, which was nice, but I did land myself. I was traveling internationally, so I landed myself in a um, like a consulting uh, gig that we had in Argentina. And it was like the third night there, I think. And we had been up every single night, almost the entire night, working on this client's project. And then the next day, we would meet with the client, go back, repeat the same thing. And on the third night, I think it was like three in the morning, I finally just put my head down on the desk and I said, I can't do this anymore. And I got up and I left the team And I went back to my hotel room and I ended up pretty much leaving the project. And it wasn't just that I couldn't do the project anymore. I realized I can't do this career or this job anymore and I can't do this lifestyle anymore, right? So I had really hit career burnout. And ultimately I left that position. But the crazy thing is I ended up in other positions that were kind of similar. They had, they looked different on the outside, right? But I was still similar types of culture. And of course I spent a lot of time blaming the culture and blaming my boss and blaming my coworkers until I finally realized no one is coming to save me. I can sit around and blame people all day long, but no one is coming to save me. And I have to lead this change. I have to decide what am I going to do so that I can get out of career burnout. And ultimately, you know, I took those next steps. But um, so yeah, it was quite a journey. Yeah, yeah. There's so many good points that you're bringing up there. And I, you know, I experienced career burnout as an entrepreneur, having built the thing that burned me out, right? And so like, there's another side to this for those listening. Yes. And I think we can get so stuck on like, oh, well, I just need to change the job or the, you know, this or the that. The reality is there's like wiring that we have that leads us down this road. Um, and this is what I've learned because even, you know, I left a, a chiropractic practice and moved into coaching and I've actually recognized very recently, like last week that coaching actually isn't my dream either, <laughs> but it's, um, so that's a new one for my listeners. I can be like, what? Um, there's, there's new things to come, but you know, there, I had these habits and patterns and things that still followed me that like continued the burnout. And so, you know, maybe we can talk about maybe 
identifying what some of those are and what you yes, really absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so. I love that. And and I think it's so true because this is my career burnout story, but ultimately I end up facing entrepreneur burnout um several years after that. Mm-hmm. So we maybe we'll get to that part of the story. But you know, um something else was kind of happening at the same time. And since you're in the health and wellness space, this may uh resonate with you and your your audience as well. Basically, um I had just gotten back from my honeymoon to my first husband and he was diagnosed with this incurable illness. And you know, all of a sudden there we were, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? So we, we, you know, I'm facing career burnout, but this is happening alongside it. So we, you know, yeah. go to the doctors and we find out, well, there's really nothing you can do about this and good luck. You know, you can take a pill, but it's going to have a lot of side effects probably isn't going to help you. And basically life is going downhill from here. So we were really left without like any tools in our toolkit and kind of this, like, you know, I mean, death sentence in a sense where we were like, okay, what are we going to do? And so um, this became what I call a reevaluation moment for me. This was really huge. I was like, okay, what am I going to do here? And I really became passionate about figuring out what are we going to do to solve this problem? And that's when I really found the whole world of holistic wellness and natural healing because it was really the only alternative left to us. And, you know, fast forward again, um, uh, you know, a couple decades later, by the way, he's doing fine. Everything they said that was going to happen to him didn't happen. And, um, you know, but it was a reevaluation moment for me. And I think so many people are having reevaluation moments right now, right? Because they're going through things, whether they're facing a career burnout and then life gets something happens in their life over here. And it causes you to just stop and pause and say, okay, what am I going to do? So while that looked really bad on the outside, it was actually this opportunity. And it was really a great opportunity because I ended up finding my this passion for wellness because we ended up changing our life and all these wonderful, wonderful things happen. And so I ultimately left my corporate position and said, I'm going to follow my passion for wellness over here. Because even though I saw, you know, again, I was following that formula, go get the good job, go to a good school. Good grades, good Mm -hmm. school, good job. I started to realize, well, wait a minute. If I was doing things differently over here in the wellness space, I wasn't following the rules, right? I went over here. Maybe Mm -hmm. I could apply that same thing to my career too. And so that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to take the leap. Awesome. Good for you. Let's maybe talk about the leap because I know a lot of the women I work with get stuck because we're, you know, there's the paycheck, there's the benefits, there's the, and I'm not necessarily talking about the leap into entrepreneurship like that's not necessarily for everybody and I really encourage women to you know I interviewed on someone on the show the basic gist was around like save your career without leaving your job um and a lot of that is to start with this like self-reflection and self-evaluation and there's like there is what is about your job and when you can finally divorce like the stories and the, you know, the, the meaning that we assign to it, like ultimately you can choose whether you want to stay in that culture and that career and all that or not. Um, and I think that's, you know, for me, that's part of where the league came from. It was like, I can't tolerate this. And so I'm going to, mine was more pivot than a lead because I was already an entrepreneur, but <laughs> it, yeah. you know, so I'm curious what that looked like for you, like, or yeah. how you coach well, people through it's that. Such- yeah, it's such a good question. I love how you said pivot too, right? Because there can be a live it, yeah. uh, pivot, there can be a leap, there can be a lot of different things. And I just said live it. So maybe that's like a leap. Pivot. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Word. <laughs> yeah. But one of the things I always tell people that I did that was really, really important, it was kind of foundational step, is I had to get really clear on what I call my personal principles. Okay. And personal principles are basically things that are going to guide you to kind of what your next step is. But so often we're just kind of, you know, we're we're on the hamster wheel of life. Like we don't have time to do any self-reflection, right? But if 
if we can carve out a little bit of time to start getting clear on what really matters to us, and that's what personal principles are. They're basically what you care deeply about, right? And so they're kind of like values, but I think they go like even a little bit deeper. And the reason this is so important, right, is that we spend like 90,000 hours, I think, in a lifetime working whatever it is we're yeah. doing. And of course, that's just an average, you know, countries around the world are all different, but let's say 90,000 hours, that's a lot of time, right? <laughs> so if that is not tied to our personal principles, wow, that can be a total waste of a lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. So we got to get clear. And um, I'll just give you an example, like what are my personal principles? So people can kind of play with this a little. I have many personal principles, but one of them is, of course, is wellness, right? Because of everything that happened to me, it became such a passion. So that's a big one. Another one is family, my husband and my son and our two dogs. And of course, our extended family, like we just like family is so important, right? And then um, another one was freedom. And it's kind of evolved over the years. Like freedom was one that I got really clear on that I didn't realize was a personal principle to me. And that was one that kind of drove me more down the entrepreneurial path. But prior to really doing this self-reflection, I didn't really know that freedom was important to me. Um, But over the years, I'll tell you, even in the last couple of years, I've really fine-tuned that we're down to what I call sovereignty or self-sovereignty. You think about sovereignty, right? It's kind of like, okay, kings and queens were like sovereigns, (laughs) you know, they're this rulership over people, but over themselves. And this is really about self-sovereignty is really about having authority over yourself. And to me, that really means being able to listen to your own voice and then make choices and decisions from there versus listening to all the other voices out there, right? Because yeah. I was listening to my parents' voice about following the formula, but there's a lot of voices today. It could be you know, social media, family, friends. It can even be our own unconscious mind bringing up uh, you know, past thoughts. It could be our own self-doubt. So there's a lot of voices. And if we can tap into our own truth, I think that's really huge. Um, for me, that's a personal principle. And I get to do that every day, right? Like I don't make decisions unless I can check in and really come from a place of self-sovereignty. And that's super important to me. But that also ties into, you know, making decisions and what you want, what it is you want to do in terms of pivoting or taking the leap. So I think getting clear on personal principles can be super helpful for people just to kind of carve out a little time to think about that um, and see where it matches up with where they are now and really where they want to go. Yeah. Yeah. You brought up a couple of really good points because actually one of the very first things I do with women when I work with them um, is have them get connected to what their truth really is. A lot of us have, have lost it and it's, you know, so influenced by everything around us. And it's, I will say it's kind of challenging <laughs> to shut down all the voices and really like challenge, like, why do I believe that? Why do I think that? And learn how to get out of your head and actually get into your body and allow that to guide you. Because women in particular were more intuitive, you know, uh, than men, but just physiologically, there's things and stuff that goes into that. But we also have to learn how to trust and listen to it. And sometimes it's scary. Like the thing that, you know, my intuition is calling me to right now is like, Hey, you're really supposed to be like leading giant seminars and speaking on large stages. And I'm like, Oh, (laughs) okay. But you're getting, you've had, that's amazing. And you, I can feel like a real positive energy coming through for you with that. And I think like, um, you know, we, if you get practice with, we're not used to listening to our own voice. We're like, wait, where is it? Right. We have to do the work to kind of find it. But then it's very scary to take those steps forward and listen to it, especially if we've never done it. And now we all have done it when we were children, but it gets can get covered up pretty quickly over life, uh, you know, and not knowing how to do it. But 
once you take, and that's why I say, start with small steps, do something kind mm-hmm. of small where you're feeling guided to, you know, oh, what am I going to eat for dinner tonight? You know, like little <laughs> things and kind of give yourself a little bit of space and just to build that confidence with listening to yourself. And then you continue to take more steps. And since you've probably been doing this for some time now, you're like, okay, this feels like kind of surprising. I'm shocked that I'm making this move, but I've known how to listen to myself and I'm going to do it again because I've seen how it happens. And I, I agree. I've been on that path many times where so many times in my life I've been guided to do something because I've gotten used to listening to my inner voice. I feel more confidence in doing it, even though it still feels scary, right? I completely changed my career. I went many different places through my business based off of that. And I think it's, um, I think you bring up such a good point with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think a big part of it is we have to learn, like, and this is what I talk about with selfless syndrome, because typically we're just giving, 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 giving. And it's actually a stress response. It's what I really figured out when I finally wrote the book. But it's, you know, we have to, like you said, carve out the time and slow down enough to actually check in and, and connect with ourselves in that way and be willing to like have the space to say, oh, that's what I'm really feeling called to do. And, you know, ultimately that's where we really find our passion and our purpose. Um, and if you're lacking clarity, you know, that's one of the things that will keep you from finding that. So it's giving yourself time to connect in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I call press call it pressing the pause button. <laughs> we have to press, press the pause button every once in a while. You know what? This can just be for like five minutes a day. This can be like for a couple minutes each week. You know, like it doesn't have to be like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm taking, you know, three weeks off or something like that to reevaluate my life. Sure, maybe that's what you'll be called to do at some point. But um, you know, you just hit press the pause. And if you can do these little check-ins, I think um it can be very supportive to to show you what your next steps are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's really good. So for those listening that are in this place, another thing I wanted to bring up was like office culture. Right? <laughs> this is one that keeps coming up in my, my, with my clients and circles. And, you know, it's one of those areas that I felt like as, an, as a business owner and a leader of a big wellness practice, like, I feel like I freaking nailed that. Like that is the one part of that, that business that I've loved. Cause I was just like, I didn't care what other people thought. I was a single mom. And so I hired a nanny and I didn't care if anyone told me that was, you know, not good for my bottom line or, or whatever. It's what worked for me because I employed other single moms and we had a pack of kids that were in the office. And if you didn't like that, we weren't the office for you. Like those were just, you know, the things, but so many, especially it's different in corporate. I know because there's, there's structure and all that. So for those who are in that place of struggling with the culture, um, what advice, suggestions, directions, ideas, can we give them as a, a starting point? Because, you know, it's a lot to say like, oh, I'm going to leave the job. And if it's the culture, like, are we just screwed and we have to leave the culture? Or is there opportunity there to pivot something within that mm-hmm. space, I guess is my question. And I, I know it's, it's going to depend on the situation, but I'm just curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, I love that question. And we have a saying in our community, which is nothing changes if nothing changes. It's a quote out there. Nothing changes if nothing changes. And I really love it because um, it kind of goes back to even my story, right? I I kept doing career burnout over and over again, right? Until I decided Mm -hmm. I needed to make a change. And so we really have to be able to lead that change, as I was saying before. And as you talk about company culture and, you know, whatever's happening within corporations, like we still have to be the leaders of that change, even if it's going to be like within our own cubicle, right? It's either our own own cubicle, within our own office, within our own organization, like we get to play a role there, right? And I think sometimes we have different narratives that we're carrying around that hold us back from being 
able to make those changes, right? Um, it could be something like, you know, oh, I'm not allowed to speak up or other people have all different types of narratives that impact their career. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you have to work hard to make money or following your purpose as a pipe dream, or I have to be the responsible one. Like we have to start looking at our own narratives and saying, okay, where are these actually coming from? Right. Are these actual beliefs that we really want to carry forward and leave a legacy, whether it's within our own company or within our families or within our communities and start to, you know, make those changes. Right. Because the thing is about narratives is that narratives actually, um, they impact our choices and they impact the behaviors that we end up doing every day. And ultimately they become the stories that we end up living out. So we have to kind of reel it back down to the narratives and take a closer look. And just like we were talking about looking at our personal principles, we can also look right at our narratives and say, okay, what are the thoughts and things that I'm actually thinking and that I'm acting from every day? And where can I make a change? And how could that impact possibly my company or my uh, you know organization or just even my own life to say, okay, can I make a change within this environment for myself or do I actually need to pivot as you did and do, you know, do a pivot to something else? Um, so I think, you know, we have to be able to willing to kind of look a little bit closer at our own selves once again, even if we're talking about culture. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it starts with us. Like so many times we want to look outside of us. and This is something I talk about, especially in the health and wellness space. And you've probably seen this too. It's like, we look for the diet or we look for the thing that's going to make the difference, you know, in the outside world. But unless we go inside first and really, you know, get some clarity and get some connection to ourselves, none of that stuff makes any difference. Like it's not going to, you know, if you've tried 80 million diets to lose weight, this next one is probably not going to be the thing. There's something else that's missing in that, in that place. And I think that's, you know, that's just a, analogy um to that but that's really good you know and it it takes courage too i think to both look within to pivot to leap to do any of those things so um yeah i'm curious what that looked like for you or you know what you see in your clients because i know you work with people and and doing some of this work now and moving past the burnout. <laughs> well, one of the big things for me, like as I started looking at those narratives, right. And then also one mm-hmm. of the things was that formula. Like I realized, oh my gosh, I'm living my whole life by this formula where, you know, you go to good school, you get good grades and you get the good job. And so that kept me stuck for a long time because I'm like, oh, I can't leave. You know, I did all this work to get to the good job, which is success. Right. So part of it was my own narrative around that. Right. But I ultimately had to rewrite the formula and determine what is the formula that I am going to follow here. (laughs) Okay. And I may not have realized I was doing it at the time, but today I call it my alignment formula. And this is really about getting in alignment with like your soul's purpose and what you're meant to do. And let me be clear, you can discover your soul's purpose and actually end up doing that through your current career. Cause it's not always so much about what you do for work. It can be, um, but it can also be just how you're showing up. So um, I now have a three-part Uh, alignment formula that I replaced with the old formula. And it basically contains three things. The first is um, uh, there's natural talents. Okay. And then your passion and your story. So your natural talents. Well, what are those natural talents are basically like whatever just comes easily to you. No, this is the same Mm -hmm. thing. People are saying to you, like Dr. Alex, like, you're just so good at this. You're like, so good at speaking (laughs) to large groups. (laughs) You know, Uh you're like, wait, what? 
And some of these things just come naturally to you. So oftentimes like it's hard for you to realize, oh, that is a personal natural talent because you think, oh, everybody's just good at that, right? So one thing you can do is ask other people, well, what do you think I'm good at? People who know you, right? And you might start hearing some patterns. So that can be very helpful. So then the second part of the formula is your passion, okay? So what's your passion? Well, the best way to think about your passion is like, what can you spend hours doing? And time just goes by and you suddenly look up and you're like, oh my gosh, what happened, right? Like five hours later, you were like immersed in a book and you're like, oh my gosh, because you just love that topic, right? And there's a great quote out there by someone named Kristen Mertz. And she says, we lose ourselves in the things we love, but we also find ourselves there too. And I just love that because it speaks to passion, right? You just get lost, but you're like finding yourself. So think a little bit about that. And then the third component of this formula is super important. And it's your story because this is what really brings it all together. Mm-hmm. And so your story brings kind of the greater meaning to it. It makes it very personal to you. So just as an example for people, so they can be like, okay, how does this play out? Okay. So my natural talents, I like to say I have many of them, but my natural, <laughs> my, one of my natural talents I discovered on this journey was that I'm really good at creating systems out of information, right? So there's like, Ooh, all this information out there. How do we actually figure out how we use that and make it applicable to our everyday life. Okay. So apparently this is an actual talent out there and I guess I have it. So (laughs) that was my natural talent. Well, that's great. You know, what do you do with that? Well, my passion really became about holistic wellness, right? Because, um, the journey that I went on and then my story, well, my story, as I dug deeper into my story and I really looked at my past and where I was and where I wanted to go, I realized that my story really became about carving my own path. And even breaking the rules of what I was supposed to do, right? Both with my Mm -hmm. health and my career. And so this idea of carving my own path, again, this self-sovereignty, this freedom, right? So you put these three things together. And today I'm the founder of the International Association of Wellness Professionals, where we support people to create their own careers, carve their own paths using holistic wellness because they come holistic wellness coaches using our proven systems. Okay. So that's kind of a lot like to take in, but like you can see how that played out, right? And this didn't just happen overnight. But the point is, when you start looking at those three components, you're going to start really diving into your passion, your talents, and your story, and they're going to align for you. And that's going to guide you again to really what it is you're meant to do and what you're meant to do next. And again, like I said before, it might mean it might be something that you're currently doing within your organization, but you just need to, again, pivot a little bit within there. And that's going to bring that purpose through. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and I've talked about this using this term on the show before, but you know, there's ways to look at it. It's like your zone of genius. I've heard it called your zone of manifestation. It's where like things just flow and then connecting it to what I've really learned about that whole, you know, zone of genius thing is it's not about what your actual job is, like what your career is necessarily. It's like you said, it's about how you show up in it and that it's giving you energy and fueling you. Like that's the big thing, you know, that I've, I recently recognized that I've lived and worked most of my life in what we call our zone of competence. So like things that come naturally, but aren't really like fulfilling and energizing to me. So I get bored because my, you know, my natural gifts are like, I'm really good at, you know, being really creative and I'm, I have a lot of discernment so I can like create something and have it be like pretty good. Like it can, I wrote a book in like a couple of weeks and it was good enough. It could be some editing, but like pretty good. If someone else looked at it, it would be great. But you know, I'm looking at like, okay, how do I do more of that? Because I get stuck on the, like what I'm not good at is the thing that you're good at, which is making structure and, you know, like putting processes together and like finishing things. Like I'm not good at that. And so just recognizing that it's not like a failing of mine or anything, but you know, a lot of us get stuck in positions where we're, you know, our job description and what we're doing is actually not speaking to our natural talents at all. And that's, 
another recipe for burnout. So yeah, I love your formula. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, let's maybe go through it just one more time really quickly. So we, we, everyone can hear it again. I think it's a good one to repeat. Yeah. So, so the alignment our... formula, three components, yeah. it's your natural talents, your passion and your story. Okay. And it might yeah. take a little time to kind of dig into each of those. You might have to, you know, do a little research. You might have to do some journaling, right? It's again, and even if you go through them all, you're like, okay, I don't see all these puzzle pieces fit together. But what you're doing by going through the process is you're now bringing it from like way underneath the surface. I picture these like little seeds are starting to sprout up, right? And now mm-hmm. there, there it is, right? And you may not have that total clarity, but the seeds have now sprouted and are above the surface. And what happens is life starts to shift and you start to think differently and your awareness starts to change and it does rapidly start to come to you because you are now kind of doing that inner work and doing some of that work that you need to do to kind of bring it forth. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's the formula once again. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Okay. So we've done like, this has been a a lot (laughs) in the third time that we've been talking about. I've given you everybody a lot to think about, I think. Um, you know, for those who are in that that place of like questioning, wondering, like, is this where I'm supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing? You know, why don't I feel fulfilled? Why am I so freaking exhausted? <laughs> Any of those things. Like, is there anything we haven't hit on that you, you know, walk people through or suggest as a starting point? Like you're starting, you know, I, I always say awareness is the first thing, like being curious, starting to look at these things. And that's a lot of what we talked about where you have to bring the unconscious conscious in order to change anything. That involves getting connected with yourself again. But is there anything we've missed, you know, on these steps of? Well, I'll just add one thing to that because I love what you said. You know, you have to have this awareness and, you know, you got to start thinking about things and, you know, giving yourself the space to do it. The other thing I'd add to that is giving yourself permission, giving yourself permission to get clear. And it actually reminds me of a coach in our community. I just want to give as an example, Uh, Natalia Edelman was somebody who was working in, uh, she was in a very fast paced uh, corporate job, very stressful. She was in the financial like wealth industry. And she was, she had already hit career burnout. She was just surviving and um, really struggling. And she decided one day, kind of hit the rock bottom moment and decided she went to her boss and asked for permission for a sabbatical. Now, I know not everybody listening can do that. Some of you are like, yeah, nice try. That's never going to happen, right? <laughs> but at what happened to her, she gave herself that time and space. She gave herself permission to ask. She didn't know if she was going to get a yes or a no. She got a yes, which was really cool. And she gave herself this time. First of all, she had to heal her career burnout and go on this wellness journey, right? But then yeah. she also got clarity about what she was meant to do next. Now, ultimately, she didn't go back to that job. She went on to become a certified holistic wellness coach with us, where she's actually now helping people who are in the financial world and helping them with like wealth and wellness and helping them to, you know, avoid burnout and really live healthier, great lives. But the point is she never would have gotten that clarity had she not gone through this journey and also asked for permission, right? So you may not be able to ask, you know, for a complete sabbatical for a month or three months off or whatever it is, but how can you give yourself a mini sabbatical? And more importantly, how can you give yourself permission to get clear? Again, it might just be a Saturday morning. It might be 10 minutes before bed that you're going to journal every night. But too often we're stuck. We're so stuck that we don't even think about 
making that change or giving ourselves permission. And therefore we don't move forward and we just stay kind of in this box. So I would say giving yourself permission is super important. And I think the other part to that is also as you're giving yourself permission and you're like going, maybe you're working on the personal principles and maybe you're working through the alignment formula and you're kind of thinking about all these things. Another great question to ask yourself, and you can just do this even on a daily basis because you're like, you may not be sure yet, is you just say, what makes me feel alive? What makes me feel alive, right? Because there's a great quote out there by Howard Thurman who says, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people have come alive, right? And so if we can all tap into what makes us come alive, we're going to wake up every day with a total different energy, right? It doesn't mean you're going to leave your day job tomorrow and go follow your passion in life. I mean, it might be because you get that clarity, but it might be like, wow, what makes me feel alive today, right? And I think that's really yeah. huge um, as you give yourself permission is also say, okay, what makes me come alive and give yourself permission to explore? Yeah, absolutely. And for those, because I've had clients who, you know, I talk about like, what do you need right now? It's also what what makes you come alive. Like if you have no idea, <laughs> this is your permission is to like, go try some stuff. You know, what what used to make you feel great when you were a kid and maybe do some of that again. Like I've recently... Just, I don't know. I think part of it's my energy and where I've been, but it's like I've been connecting to things that used to really just fulfill me when I was a kid. Like cross country skiing is one of them. I live in Alaska, so you know, uh, but we haven't been out the last couple of years because I've had wrist surgeries and stuff. And last week, like my t- son is almost 10, he finally loves it. And we just, we went and skied for two hours, like three days. And I was like, it just, you know, the, it didn't matter the time and all that. Like it was just so fun. So, like, what are the things that are just, light you up, inspire you, are fun, even if you haven't done them in decades. Um, I love that cross-country skiing. That's so fun. And we're, I'm in a a snowy climate as well and just uh, was out on the cross-country skis recently as well. So just (laughs) being in nature, like that can be so wonderful and maybe not for everybody, but for those of you who, you know, maybe haven't been outside in a while or you don't spend a lot of time out, there's something very healing about nature, right? Like it just brings through this clarity. So I think that's really huge for people um, to kind of consider. And if you're really feeling stuck right now and you're like, oh my gosh, like this all sounds good, but I'm just, oh, I'm just so stuck. Keep in mind, like career burnout is kind of this dark tunnel, right? Like you may have it to is. work on the the life purpose stuff and kind of getting clear, but you also may be really needing to work on your wellness and everything over there. But here's the thing I want everybody to keep in mind is that the only way through the dark tunnel is through. Okay. There is a light at the end of that tunnel, but we really always, we try to go around it. We try to avoid it. We try to procrastinate. We're not going to address it. We're going to do everything, but go through that dark tunnel. Cause it looks kind of scary, but once you get through it, that's where the good stuff is. So the yeah. only way is through. And I say, just like, if you can keep telling yourself that the only way is through, it's going to remind you to kind of keep doing a little bit of the work every day. Even if it's only five or 10 minutes, again, you're doing the work to keep taking one small step forward. You will get to the light at the end of that tunnel. You will. And I'll just, I haven't shared so overtly and maybe we can both kind of just explain the physical sensations that come with burnout because I was so disconnected from it. But you know, what I really have been present to the last couple of years is like a complete lack of willpower. It's, you know, I haven't had the capacity to push myself physically or emotionally or mentally. Like it just, you know, I would hit like a wall still because I was I needed it wasn't what I needed to be focused on I couldn't expand because there was nothing to expand the energy was gone like there's nothing there um and I talk a lot about energy centers so like this is kind of in the your solar plexus or the pit of your stomach is is where that (laughs) emotional connection lives and it's one of my clients described it as it's like it's off in outer space somewhere and I don't know how to get it back and I was like 
that is exactly true. And so a lot of these things we're talking about is, you know, starting to bring some of that energy back inside again. And they might be small things. It might be being quiet. It might be focusing on restorative time. It might be, you know, you take a nap. <laughs> like all of those are, it's not about pushing yourself to do more. And this is a lot of my listeners are overachievers. So this is for all of you <laughs> overachievers out there. It might be about giving yourself permission to not do anything. And that is also okay. So I just yes. wanted to add that. Yeah. I, I love that because I always think of the Energizer bunny. Like if you're from mm-hmm. my age and era, you know, you got the little pink bunny with the battery or whatever. That's like that overactive mode. That's that, that doing mode. That's that mode. Like we can't yeah. stop. We can't even stop to take the break. And really that's what keeps building up the stress in the body. Right. And again, keep in mm-hmm. mind, some amount of stress is good, but when we're the Energizer bunny and we keep going, 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 and we have all that stress, ultimately, if we're not caring for the tr- stress or what I call addressing the stress as it comes so that we can kind of move it through the the body, because again, we're all going to experience stress, um, then it ends up leading to burnout. And when you hit burnout, kind of like where you are, you said you had no willpower. Burnout is you're not energizer bunny anymore. You can't do more. You can't take yeah. one little step forward. And I yeah. had that moment as well. I had a time where um, later than fast forward um, as an entrepreneur, I mentioned I had a burnout story as well, where again, I should have known, right? Like I'm helping other people with burnout. I'm helping others with health and wellness, but I couldn't get out of bed. And ultimately I was addressed with adrenal fatigue, right? Because I was wearing so many hats and I wasn't taking my own advice and I was just being the energizer bunny until I had burnout. And, you know, so will, that lack of willpower, I think, is a great way to describe it. Um, other things people can look for in terms of burnout is like there's, I always like to think of it in three buckets. You've got the mental, physical, and emotional signs. Your mental yeah. is like the brain fog, right? Like mm-hmm. you're doing something and you just completely forget what you're doing. And you're like, okay, you know, if that's happening repeatedly, that's kind of a warning sign. Then you've got the physical sign of burnout, which is just that complete exhaustion, maybe lack of willpower, yeah. but literally you don't have that energy. And what do people tend to do when they don't have that? Well, oftentimes they tend to numb out, right? So rather than doing restorative things, like you might be like, you know, scrolling Netflix uh, or, you know, scrolling your phone or, um, you know, binging on Netflix, I should say, or, you know, drinking a bottle of wine. Not that any of these things are necessarily bad. I'm not here to preach that. But when you're finding those are the things that you do to restore and fill yourself back up again, then you're starting to look at, okay, I've got some physical um, signs of burnout that are showing up with exhaustion. And then the final one is just um, the emotional uh, sign, which is you just feel trapped. Like you feel so stuck yeah. that even hearing me today and these ideas and things we're talking about, you're like, can't do it, can't do it, right? Like you're feeling so trapped and stuck and 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 nothing seems possible. So if you're getting all of those or a mix of all of those, you may mm-hmm. be at burnout or quickly heading toward it. And this is the time yeah. to address the stress, care for the stress as it's occurring. And you may not be able to take in all the things that Dr. Alex and I are talking about today, but you can start by addressing your stress and doing some really small things to really just start caring for yourself because because until you start caring for yourself and your whole like wellness, you really can't look at some of these bigger things yet because you, it's, it's too much. Honestly, it's just too much. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And you know, you have to be okay with wherever you're at and just start to, to bring that awareness. Like we were talking about, you know, it's awareness, it's attention to yourself. And just really quickly, I had one of my clients, it's actually the same one we talked about outer space, but you know, she recognized that like, things that she thought were restoring her, like binge watching Netflix actually weren't because you're still focused on something outside of yourself. You're not really connected to what's going on in here at all. And you need to in here being your body if you're not watching the video and you're, you know, that's where restoration comes from. It's not necessarily from the numbing 
like we're all really good at going numb and being numb. And most of us live in a constant state of freeze, I would say. So it's, we have to learn how to thaw. And part of that is the getting, you know, connected with the uncomfortable and maybe going through some of the hard stuff. But yeah. like you said, there's light at the end of the tunnel. So awesome. Well, where can women go to connect with you? I know you've got a book and got a podcast as well and got other things. So what's the best way to get connected with Suzanne? Well, I'll share a couple of things. First of all, for anybody who's listening and they're actually facing career burnout right now and you're like, okay, should I stay in my career? Should I switch? What should I do? What am I really good at? What are my natural talents? You know, all that stuff. Um, Something special you can't find out there otherwise that you can just hear on the podcast here is if you go to superpowergift.com, you can take a quiz there at superpowergift.com to discover your career superpower. And this is just a great place to kind of get on the ending of, you know, the career burnout journey, but really tap into your unique talents. And the cool thing about figuring out what your career superpower is, is that it also applies to all other areas of your life, like your health and wellness, your relationships. Um, so it's really cool to discover yours. And I just love quizzes. So yeah, superpowergift.com is great. Love it. Yeah, check that out. And then of course, for those who are listening who are like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm kind of more interested in, you know, you mentioned some things with holistic wellness coaching and what you're doing over there. Um, we have the podcast, Live Well, Dream Big, and also um, a complimentary book that you can get uh, in digital form, which is at iawpwellnesscoach.com forward slash guide. And if you head over there, you'll, um, you'll find other things as well, but that's where you can get uh, Live Well, Dream Big, the book. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been a super fun conversation for me and I hope it's been inspiring, insightful, whatever it needs to be for our listeners who are in that space. But I really appreciate you coming on and sharing. Well, thanks for having me. I'm sure we could talk all day about burnout and yes. career burnout, but this is really fun. I'm glad I'm glad we had this chat. Thanks for having me on. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in to the Intuitive Women's Leadership Podcast. It is for listeners like you that I continue to show up each and every week to share innovative thoughts on leadership, connecting to our intuition, and finding ways to lead personally and professionally from our zone of genius. If you enjoyed the show, I have a quick request for you. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review on whatever platform you're joining us from. This helps us continue to grow and reach even more women around the world who are in need of this conversation. Also, if you love the show and you also love to read as I do, chances are you'll really enjoy my written missives as well. I send out a weekly newsletter called The White Space Chronicle, which is all about helping you create the time and space in your life to implement a lot of the things that we talk about on this show. To join the newsletter, visit www.emergent-women.com backslash newsletter. Again, that's www.emergent-women.com backslash newsletter. Until next time, remember to carve out a little space for yourself each day and to continue practicing connecting with your inner voice one step at a time.